Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. Always welcoming your phone calls and uh, text messages. We'll give you the uh, phone number and the text number. Same number, as a matter of fact, in uh, just a moment. Let's say good morning to Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. I trust you had a good week, probably another busy one. Good morning, Denny. I was... I was just going to say, uh, good to see you again, but I'm not seeing you. We're here at our remote, <laughs> uh, high-tech yes. studio locations. <laughs> yes, and it, I'm not in my uh, my formal wear either, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, I've got, I, I put on a jacket and, and, and everything now for, for the show today. <laughs> Actually, Of course I, you do. Uh, of course, of course, yeah. No, we're we're all at our, our remote location. We're gonna we're gonna have a great show today, and indeed, it has been busy at the hospital, Denny. I I've been I've been in the hospital, um, not seeing patients this past week. Although I will be tomorrow on Memorial Day, back seeing patients in the hospital, and and it's been our busiest week to date, as a matter of fact. Um, it, the message we're trying to get to people is you know, to make sure people know that this thing is real, um, but, but while also letting people know that we have room for you. It's kind of a difficult message to get across because it is an actual fact that the ICU beds in the in the metro area, for sure, are getting very busy, um, busier yeah. than I've seen in almost ever. And and yet, our emergency rooms got room for you. Our clinics can see you. Uh, we will care for you if you need. And so I don't want to let people think, well, they don't have any room for me. We do. We have plans in place. We have all kinds of contingency plans, but it is something like I've never seen before. So indeed, it's been busy. Denny, we have an interesting show today, and we've got mm-hmm. one of my colleagues on, and on, uh, on the other line. I don't know where Matt's calling from, but let me give you an, introduce, uh, an introduction of him, and then we're going to chat with uh, Dr. Matt Klein and uh Dr. Klein is a guy that I've known for, I don't know, the better part of the last decade. He is a colleague of mine at Hennepin Healthcare, HCMC in downtown Minneapolis. He's an internal medicine physician who has who sees patients like me in the hospital, uh, um, not so much in the clinic, that he sees patients when they're quite ill in the hospital. I'm having uh, Dr. Klein on the, on the phone today for also another very important reason that he's a senator as well. Dr. Klein was elected by the good people of Senate District 52 uh, to the Minnesota Senate, and I'm going to let him tell us more about that. But we're going to focus today quite a bit on, on, on his thoughts about what it's like to be a doctor, but even uh, um, more importantly, probably, what it's like to be a doctor 
and an elected official in the state of Minnesota. And we will, of course, be taking listeners' calls and questions to Senator Klein as well. So with that, um, Matt, are you there with us on the phone today? I'm here. Can you hear me, David? I can hear you quite well. So um, good to talk to you this morning. Thank you for doing this on a Memorial Day weekend. We were going to have you on last week, but it was about 24 hours till the end of the Minnesota legislative session, and so that didn't quite work out. But now I'm bugging you on a Memorial Day weekend, which I hope you're enjoying with your family. Are you having a good weekend? We're having a great weekend. Uh, We're uh, at our cabin, and I I came into town early so I could make the phone call to you guys. It's just such a, a thrill to be on the show. Obviously, I'm a longtime fan, as are, you know, the people that live in District 52, West St. Paul, Mendota Heights, South St. Paul, and Invergrove Heights. So thank you for having me on, David. Great to have you on, and I thank you for doing this, and hopefully we'll have a nice conversation today about about what it, how you go about making decisions, because you are one of them that is um, helping to lead our state. Before we get into that, let's say a little bit about you. First of all, Tell us where you're from, where you went to school, and how how you got to be both a doctor and a senator. Yeah, well, I'm a Minnesota native. I grew up in St. Paul, went to Highland Park. My dad sold insurance. My mom was a, a special education teacher. Um, you know, moved out to uh, Mendota Heights, and uh, my wife and I have five kids out there. I'm a physician at Hennepin County uh, Medical Center. Um, when my kids were going through the schools, I ran for school board back in 2013, and I liked that experience. Uh, and it quickly moved to a, a, a run for the state Senate in 2016. I was lucky to be elected. You know, when I was door knocking uh, in my district and uh, seeking people out, and I told them that I was a doctor at Hennepin Healthcare, they all asked if I knew David Hilden because they listened to him on Sunday morning. <laughs> so it, it comes full circle. You kind of helped me get across the line there. So I'm glad to be back here to pay back the debt. Uh, you know, well, and thanks, uh, it's a, thanks it's a for that, Matt. Issue. But I don't know that that would have been a, helped you in your in your election campaign. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, might have had a good approval rating. <laughs> <laughs> no, your approval ratings are very high. Not as high as Governor Walz, but very high. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a senator. You went straight, you went from the school board to running for the state senate. Tell me a little bit about your district. Now, I think I know you're in Senate District 52. I believe we get to take a look at you when we fly into the Minneapolis airport. Tell the listeners, who many of whom are from all over the state of Minnesota, tell us a little bit about your district. Yeah, so if you're in St. Paul at the Capitol and you just cross the river on the high bridge, you'll be driving right into my district. Beautiful first-ring suburb with West St. Paul, Amber Grove Heights, South St. Paul, Mendota Heights. Um, each town that I just mentioned there has its own very distinct character. Um, great-hearted people who are invested in their schools, invested in their jobs. Uh, we have a couple in uh, the district named uh, the Lyford family, Rafe and Julie Lyford, and they've spent the last three months um, on their 3D printer making face masks for the doctors and nurses at Hennepin for me, which I bring in there, these plastic shields, which we all need, and you have to replace the shield every now and then. So they drop off a package of those on my doorstep about every couple of weeks, and God bless them. They, it's, that's the type of people we have in my district that are just pitched in and trying to find any possible way they can help out during this crisis. That's so good to hear. I've heard stories like that, and you've and you've been first uh, firsthand hearing about how people who you know small business owners and the public in general are doing what they can to pitch in. Tell me a little bit, if you could, what how does being a doctor inform your work as a senator? Because uh, to my knowledge, there's just a handful of you uh, in the state of Minnesota elected officials who happen to be doctors. 
Yeah, it's really grounding. You know, the, the, the legislature was designed originally when we started to be a part-time legislature or what you'd call a citizen's legislature, where people from the trades and the farms and the fields across Minnesota would come in for a little while, uh, represent their people, and then go back and, and do their trades. And over time, you know, we've gotten away from that a little bit um, at some cost, I think. It's become more of a full-time job. A lot of legislators, their full-time job is just that, being a legislator. I like the fact that I um, I leave the Senate floor uh, after taking votes and participating in debate, and I drive right over to the hospital, and I, you know, change into scrubs, and I go see one patient at a time. I've actually never had a patient who recognized that I was a legislator. It's very grounding. They just see me as their doctor. I don't ever introduce myself as Senator Klein. I just say, I'm Matt Klein. I'm your doctor tonight. I'm going to try to take good care of you. And uh, and seeing, you know, one Minnesotan at a time, seeing the problems that they experience in their lives, whether it's illness or poverty or education uh, or their health care costs, uh, you know, it obviously translates in a very real fashion to the way I'm able to advocate on the Senate floor. And I think it offers me a little bit of authenticity uh, and a little bit of uh, integrity up on the floor. So I'm really grateful for this kind of the combination that I'm able to do both of them. Thank you for that. Uh, um, Denny, um, I have yes. uh, a lot more to talk about with uh, Senator Klein. Um, I also want to make sure the listeners know that we, we we're going to welcome their calls and texts as well. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break and uh, be right back. Our phone number and text number is the same, 651-989-9226. We'll be back with more Healthy Matters this holiday weekend here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Let's say good morning to one of my favorite people in the whole world that I haven't spoken with in a long time. Good morning, Dev Anderson. Great to hear from you. Good morning. Good to hear from you, too, Denny. On this well, it's, well, pretty soon well, it'll be a beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> but, it, but it doesn't matter because it does not affect our by-the-yard furniture, which still looks You're as right. good as the day we, we got it here, and I can't even remember how long ago it was. But, Dev, you've heard me talk about, our listeners have, uh, that by-the-yard furniture locally made in Jordan, Minnesota, uh, that you never have to store. And uh, we haven't to this day. What, 15 years, 18 years? I can't even remember. But, Deb, uh, you guys are are open uh, today. I know you're going to be closed tomorrow. But your showrooms are going to be open. Tell us where the showrooms are. Well, we have two showrooms. Uh, we have Since we've talked, we opened a new showroom up in Maple Grove. And then we do have our Jordan showroom. We are closed today, though, Denny, on Sunday. Um, and we'll be closed oh, you are. for Memorial Day. Yes, but we open on Tuesday um, at noon, and we'll be open from noon to 6 next week, Tuesday through Friday, and then uh, next Saturday from 9 until 6. And we hope folks will come in. Uh, we've got a lot of new products to do, new pieces uh, besides the gliders, fire tables, um, all shapes and sizes of dining tables, and the uh, Lots more planters and stuff. Things to play with outside, as you said. We're kind of all getting tired of the the same, looking at the same four walls. So we're excited to be reopened and hope you'll come in. We are following CDC guidelines, so uh, check out the website and I'll let you know. We we do require masks and uh, we're doing everything we can to keep uh, our staff as well as all of our guests safe when they come to visit. Excellent. Here's that website, and Deb, I know we'll talk a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Just get on the web, uh, check it out yourself. Buy the yard. Dot net. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, Denny. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. Uh, we're talking uh, COVID-19, no big surprise, but uh, Dr. Hilden and his uh, special guest, in case you joined us a little bit late, answering your questions both by phone and uh, by text. And uh, Dr. Hilden Klein, we have uh, callers and texters as well. You let me know when we want to get to them. 
Thanks so much, Danny. We will do that in just a minute. Uh, Senator Klein, I'd like to ask you a little bit about the, your thoughts on our government's response to the pandemic. And by that, I mean this. As a doctor, I'm on this air every week telling people about the medical implications, and I am almost always trying to explain to people why I feel it's so important that we practice social distancing, that we do measures to to flatten the curve, if you will. And, and as such, I, have, I am almost always very supportive of our governor's um, um, positions. That being said, I know that it's really hard for people in the state of Minnesota, and we have to recognize the balance between our health, public health interests and the interest in um, the entire state of Minnesota in staying economically strong. Can you give me your thoughts on what is the conversation like at the state capitol when we're discussing these kinds of things? You bet, uh, David. It's a great question because, as you know, um, in Minnesota, we have a unique situation. We're the only state in the nation that has a split party legislator. It's where the Senate is Republican and the House is Democratic. And, and I've seen that work in a good Minnesota fashion over the over the years as we've been able to come together on important things like uh, opioid uh, legislation and, and banning TCE and so forth. So we've been able to work in a bipartisan way, but I've never seen it work better than when this pandemic hit kind of early mid-March. Uh, and everyone, uh, really without exception, set down their partisan name tags and uh, tried to figure out, you know, how to get money to our hospitals, how to close things down safely to slow this thing down. Now, as with everything, with the passage of time, you know, a little bit of partisanship has crept back in. And I'm sure you've seen that. But the governor has really had to assume, you know, a, a, a unique uh, position in history with this obviously um, issuing more than 20 executive orders at this point. And Minnesotans, by and large, you know, have been very supportive of that. Right now, this morning in the Star Tribune, there's a poll showing uh, about 66% of Minnesotans support uh, the, the orders that he's uh, issued to, uh, to protect the public health. And as we gr gradually sort of resume our economy, which we have to do because, you know, uh, economic loss and hardship and social isolation and so forth, those have a cost just like public health does. So trying to find that fine balance to, to weave through that is just so difficult. And I couldn't be more um, confident in Governor Walz's leadership through that as he uh, as he tries to navigate that and stays in close contact with us with the daily uh, press briefings and so forth. So it's a tough time for everybody, no matter who you are, whether you're a doctor like us in the hospital seeing sick people or whether you know you're a restaurant owner who was just about to sort of launch a new business, um, everybody's feeling hurt in some way, and we all have to you know summon that Minnesota spirit and bring it together, help each other out, and try to rebuild after this. I was having a conversation with another one of our colleagues in the hallway uh, at the hospital, and we were commenting about Minnesota has a decades-long history of good government, for lack of a better word, about where people do come together in common problem solving. And we were both um, happy that that seems to be going on, but we were both also a little nervous that it seems to be slipping a little bit in our era of partisanship. Are you able to walk through the Senate halls and, and have good conversations with people for, that you might disagree with about this issue, or, or does the partisanship seem to be creeping in a little bit more than you'd like? You know, there's some individuals who really, you know, will exploit circumstances for partisanship. And, and that's on both sides of the aisle. That's not a Democrat-Republican thing. That's just an individual human being thing. But luckily, 
there's enough good people around who are doing it for the right reasons that you can have serious conversations. I've worked very closely um, with Paul Gazelka, the majority leader in the Senate. I've worked with Michelle Benson, the, the Republican chair of the Health and Human Services Committee. And we're in opposite parties, but we all realize that, you know, Minnesota is passing through a terrible trial right now. Uh, and it's on us to, to steer this ship right. Um, and, and it's not going to matter at the end of the day uh, which party label we have on our backs uh, if, if we can't sort of do this right by Minnesotans. So in that way, it's almost been inspiring in the same way going into the hospital and seeing patients is you really have to care uh, for the bigger task and, and set aside your own ambitions a little bit. So. Yeah, that's a. I appreciate that answer. I think Minnesotans expect that of our leaders to work together. Denny, Denny, yes. could we go to the phones and the text line? Let's do that. We have a bunch of both. Uh, first up, uh, Jean, I believe, is calling in from Chaska. Thanks for waiting, Jean. What is your question? Uh, I had a question about the uh, cough that you get as a symptom of the virus. I have a cough, but it's not a dry cough, and it's not low. It's up in my throat, kind of from this, oh, what do they call the post-nasal drip, I think, that runs down. And then it's in the morning, and uh, it's almost every day, but uh, maybe once or twice. And But it m- seems to move that mucus rather than be a low cough. I was wondering if you think I should be tested. Well, maybe I'll take a crack at that, and then um, I'll get a I'll get a second opinion here. Um, so, Gene, um, the, the symptoms of COVID are largely um, well. It can be a lot of things. A cough is definitely one of them, uh, um, as well as fatigue, um, uh, fever. Uh, those are those the big ones. If you're getting short of breath, that's a big one. And then there's a host of other things that could happen. Um, loss of smell and nasal congestion and a headache and things like that. But my advice to you is that if you have any new symptoms, that yes, you should be tested. And here's the other fortunate thing is that in the state of Minnesota, we are ramping up our testing so that it should be available to you. If you have no symptoms whatsoever um, to the general listening uh, people listening, then you can probably just wait it out at home. But we are encouraging people that if you have a symptom, go get tested. We have you can go to the Minnesota Department of Health site to learn um, uh, about where the testing sites are. We have several at Hennepin Healthcare, including downtown Minneapolis and in the western and southern metro. But go to Minnesota Department of Health or, or just call your clinic. With that question, I want to ask um, Dr. and Senator Klein, what is your take on the state of testing um, in Minnesota and how are we doing? You know, I think we're doing well. Thank God we have partners like the Mayo Clinic and the University of Minnesota and Hennepin Healthcare who have sort of been ambitious and out ahead of the curve, I think, out ahead of the rest of the country on developing testing capacity and and getting it out to Minnesotans. So that part is good. And I agree that if... uh, you know, two months ago, if you'd had me on and that caller had called in, we probably would have told her to just sit tight because we don't have enough tests to check her out. But now we do. So she should go in and get tested. Um, the next step of what we need to do uh, is this contact tracing so that um, and that's it's not just for public health. It's so that we can restart our economy so that if a worker at a Denny's tests positive, um, you know, we can quickly find out who he's been in very close contact with he or she. Uh, who he's had long conversations with, who he's, you know, sort of shared space with over a long period of time, and get those people tested too. And in that way, you don't have to shut down the whole Denny's. You don't have to close every fast food restaurant. Um, but you can 
uh, you know, sort of target who needs to be isolated and, and keep businesses operational and make people feel safe that they're going into those businesses. And so contact tracing is going to be sort of the next step of what we need to do to, to, to get our economy back going. I'm going to ask more about that after the break. Um, Denny? But, yes, very good. Just a reminder to our listeners, we have about another half hour of the show to go. If you have a question for the doctors, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651 989 9226. We'll be back in a moment to have a look at that forecast straight ahead on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. Uh, Dr. Hilden, uh, for those folks maybe joining us a little bit late, uh, you have a special guest with you today. Indeed, I do, Denny. We are talking to Dr. Matt Klein, a colleague of mine in the hospital at HCMC in downtown Minneapolis. Our healthcare system is known as Hennepin Healthcare serving people through the western, uh, southern, and northwestern metro area, as well as downtown Minneapolis. Um, A couple of housekeeping bits uh, before I get back into the show. Um, uh, This is not about COVID, but I do want to remind people that May is Stroke Awareness Month. And the reason I'm bringing that up, one, because it's May and we're running out of the month of May, but because COVID seems to dominate our conversations, but do you know that people are still having heart attacks and they're still having strokes and they're still having cancer, and we are here for you for those reasons too. Let's not forget about our regular health. So May is Stroke Awareness Month. Um, I just wanted to highlight that. The second thing I want to highlight, if you have symptoms, if you are wondering if you have the COVID-19, we have testing locations in downtown Minneapolis, South Minneapolis at our Whittier Clinic in Richfield and in Brooklyn Park. Hennepin Healthcare is one of the largest testers in the state of Minnesota. We're doing well over a thousand tests a day. And when you consider that we're doing between seven and 10,000 a day in the state of Minnesota, a thousand of them are happening at Hennepin Healthcare. You can um, get your test done if you need be. The number is easy, 612-873-MYMD. If you're more numerically inclined, 612-873-6963 will get you into one of our testing locations, Lickety Split. Go to the Minnesota Department of Health to find testing locations throughout the great state of Minnesota. I have Dr. Matt Klein on the phone. Um, He is a senator from the uh, District 52 uh, in Mendota Heights, Invergrove Heights, West St. Paul area. He is... um, uh, talking to us about what it's like to be a senator, what it's like to be a doctor in the era of COVID. I do want to give a teeny bit more background. I was looking at his bio, and there's a couple things I'm very happy to report, that he grew up in Minnesota. He practices in downtown Minnesota, having grown up in St. Paul. Did his um, uh, medical school at Mayo, so he's lived in South Min- so- southern Minnesota as well. There's a black mark on his record, though, and I think he went to college at the University of Wisconsin, but we're not going to hold that against you. Is that right, you know, that Klein? Did you go to Wisconsin? That's the part you leave out of the political bio, David. When you're running for <laughs> office, you talk about all the Minnesota stuff and just leave that little nugget right out of there. So. <laughs> all right. So, okay, so I've outed you. You did indeed spend some time in Madison, but Matt, I do have to tell you, I was born in Madison, Wisconsin, so I have that as well. Um, I want to follow up with you about, um, and then we're going to get to the phones for the rest of the show, but I wanted to follow up with you about contact tracing. A lot of people say that why don't we just test people and, and then, like, isolate those that are sick? Isn't that sort of what we're after when we're doing contact tracing? And isn't that, or what is sort of um, the, the scuttlebutt around the capital about how we're going to move to a, a strategy of testing and contact tracing? 
Yeah, and it becomes a political issue because Minnesotans are famously protective of their privacy, which is a really big deal. And not having sort of your information and, and where you've been spread around the Internet and spread around the world is a big thing to worry about and be careful about. Um, but we've done contact tracing in Minnesota before. We've done it with illnesses like measles and even, you know, with uh, more common things at times like shingles if there's an outbreak in a facility. Um, and so we've been able to do it without infringing on people's privacy rights. Contact tracing means that if um, the woman that you just spoke to with the cough, if she tests positive, she goes in for a test today and she tests positive, um, for COVID-19, then somebody would call her up and just do a, a brief interview with her. A health professional would call her up and say, you know, in the last week, say, who have you really spent a lot of time with, where you were talking to them at close quarters for, you know, more than a half an hour? You know, who has sort of touched you for a long time, you know, maybe held your hand for a long time? What sort of contacts like those have you had? Um, and, you know, is it okay if we reach out to those people? And then you, you reach out to those people and, and you don't reveal um, where they may have been infected, but you ask them, you, you mention to them that they have been in contact, close contact with someone who has tested positive, and you advise them to sort of get tested and also to um, isolate until we have that test result. And uh, it's, a, it's a big step, but it's an important step, again, not just for public health and, and decreasing the the spread of this thing, but also for sort of reopening our economy. You know, in that same survey I was mentioning in the Star Trib today, they said two-thirds of people, even if Governor Walls opened up everything tomorrow, two-thirds of people in Minnesota say they're too nervous and they're not going back. They're not going back to a restaurant and they're not going to go to a movie. Um, so until we can get some sort of reassurance that, hey, when you do those things, you're safe, and here's why, because we're good at contact tracing and we know that this facility is not going to make you sick, um, that's how we're going to get our economy going again. I think it's a really important next step, David. It sounds like it is to me as well. People ask me about that. That was a great explanation, um, better than I've been able to do. Thank you for that. Denny, um, should we go to the listeners? Yes, we have callers. We have texters as well. I think Ken has been waiting the longest there in Egan. Ken, the doctors are listening. What's your question? Uh, I am somewhat familiar with uh, industrial hygiene, and I've been uh, noticing medical workers wearing N95 masks with exhalation valves. And uh, these definitely protect the, the worker, I mean, as much as N95 masks do. But the exhalation valve uh, is, uh, it doesn't do any filtration like the regular N95 without. And I'm wondering, you know, why those would be worn in these situations where a medical worker might have, uh, you know, been infected and can spread. I mean, it's my guess that they could spread the uh, virus more likely with a N95 mask with an exhalation valve rather than one without. So, Ken, thank you for that. Um, I appreciate the call. I know at the hospital we do not allow anything that allows your you to breathe out on anybody else, including an exhalation valve, although I don't know what's going on in industrial locations. Matt, do you have some insight into that? Yeah. In the, again, in the medical setting, I've never seen anyone use an exhalation valve, and I think Ken's point is pretty well taken, that that would be – protective for the person who was using it, but not so much for the person that they're talking to. So that would, doesn't seem like the greatest idea. 
um, unless there was a circumstance where that was okay, I guess. But uh, no, I wouldn't use that at the hospital myself, and I appreciate the heads up on that, Ken. Yeah, that's a great point, Ken. Um, um, Matt, what what is your – okay, I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but I know that we had – we didn't have enough of our PPE at the beginning. We do right now, this moment, people in the hospital have enough PPE, but the, the mask supply is always in question. Um, the governor said that he tried to get some masks early on, but they got diverted in this. And I know there's a lot of swirl around that. What is your current understanding of the state of PPE in Minnesota? Yeah, well, I think I think it's a continuous struggle because the states are sort of competing against each other. Your listeners probably heard the notorious story. You know, Governor Wells has been uniformly upbeat uh, through this whole thing. But the one time I saw him maybe show a little frustration last week was when he said that we had purchased ourselves these surgical gowns, these sterile gowns to protect workers here in Minnesota. And somehow they got diverted uh, in the process uh, by the federal government, by FEMA. And we don't know where they are and we don't know where they went. So we don't have them. And so I think that's been a source of continuous stress for the leaders of our state. Uh, you know, one thing I will say, as long as we're talking about masks, is um, I've had people ask me, why do we bother wearing these cloth masks, you know, when we go to the grocery store and so forth, since those don't actually, don't have the filtration capacity to filter out viruses. But I think you've probably said this before, David, that it's really important that people do try to get in the habit of wearing those when you're in congregate settings like uh, like a grocery store, uh, because they, they sort of, Stop your sort of uh, sputum and your secretions from projecting when you speak loudly or when you cough or anything like that. So they're very protective and they limit exposure to the people around you. So you wear the cloth mask more for the people that you're dealing with, less for your own protection. I think that's an important point to hammer home. Thank you for that. Danny? Yes, we have a bunch of text messages and uh, you both had talked about, (laughs) mentioned Wisconsin. But this one says... Bars and restaurants are packed with people in Wisconsin. We're seeing these videos. People carrying on like there's no pandemic. Do you think positive cases will increase exponentially? I'm going to let Matt take a stab at that one. Sure, I'm glad to do it. And I never, I don't make any predictions about this illness. You know, um, I don't, um, because as even the smartest people about this, like Michael Osterholm have said, it's a new virus and we don't actually know what's going to happen. The more confident people sound, about what's going to happen, the less I tend to trust them. But what we plan for is what we think will happen, what the what the models tell us will happen, uh, and uh, and plan you know to be try to be as safe as we possibly can. And what those models say is that getting into a situation like that at a bar or a restaurant with people of all different ages, all different medical histories, uh, you know, people who could be shedding without even knowing that they are ill, they could be shedding virus. Uh, that's where these super spreader type events start. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, out of 50 people at a bar, you have 5,000 people uh, who are sick and a, and a portion of those that end up going to the hospital. Um, so it's, it's just a really bad practice. And I'm, sa- I'm sorry to see those videos. I've seen them on, as well on, on uh, Snapchat and others. Um, and I, I hope people are continuing to just take this thing as seriously as they should. I can't improve on that. I agree with the senator on that one. And as we head to this break, I want to read both for you and our listeners as well. Uh, this is what I think is a very important text. Bold letters. It says, thank you for what you and all healthcare workers are doing. 
On that note, let's uh, take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Call, call in or text in your uh, question, 651-989-9226. We'll be back on this uh, Memorial Day weekend on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. Uh, we have a few minutes left for your phone calls and text messages. Here is our number for both, 651-989-9226. Uh, Drs. Hilden and Klein, Phyllis in New Prague, I think, is we have time for Phyllis's question, I believe. Thanks for waiting, Phyllis. What uh, What is your question? Okay, let's say that you had thought you had COVID-19 in February, March, would you be able to tell with that test right now that you had it then? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Phyllis, for your question. The test that we do where we put a swab in your nose and goes way to the back of your throat so it's not particularly comfortable, that test looks for current infection. So if you had something two months ago, and uh, it, it might not find that. There is an antibody test that is not really ready for prime time. It's not, we're not offering that to everybody, but it shows promise for the future to see who has been tested or who has had it in the past. I had a very um, similar question from uh, uh, Healthy Matters listeners out in Plymouth, uh, uh, Mark and Cara. They asked the question, what about people who are getting better from this? You know, uh, how are people doing? There's an interesting article in the Star Tribune that talks about that very thing in that the, we don't really know what the course of this illness is once people get better. But it's, it's kind of what you're talking about, Phyllis. What happens two months later? And we don't know what's going to happen. Um, are people going to have ongoing lung damage? Are people um, are going to have kidney problems? Are they going to have blood clot problems? We're not real sure yet, but all of these are possibilities. What we are seeing is that people are having some fatigue and energy loss for a great period of time. Matt, in your practice at the hospital, you see patients when they're sick. Have you seen anything from sort of the public health realm that, about how people are doing after they get better? Because I'm relatively unknowledgeable about it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think we all are. I mean, we're all just trying to figure out how to beat this thing back. And once we have time to catch our breath, I think we're going to look at, you know, what are the long-term effects of having been infected with this thing? And are there, is there chronic lung damage or, um, you know, blood supply problems and so forth? So we'll, we'll still go forward and learn a lot. And people should, uh, you know, tell their doctors about their symptoms and, and we'll investigate everything because we're all learning. Um, you know, it's tough. One thing I wanted to mention, David, before we wrap up is just that um, you and I, again, we see folks who are sick and, and healthcare workers definitely are kind of on the front lines of this battle. But everyone in the state of Minnesota uh, is sacrificing in some way, you know, whether your business has taken a hit or you've lost your job or you're on furlough or you're just lonely because you can't see your grandkids and you're alone in your house. Um, it's hard on all of us. And with that balance of trying to sort of care for people's physical health while we also nurture their mental health and their spiritual health and their financial stability is just a really difficult balance. I think the governor's doing the very best he can. I think he respects all of the, the different uh, factors that come to play there. And, um, and we just have to support each other, David, more than ever. This is a time when we all have to reach out and, and share that spirit of being Minnesotans together. 
Gosh, I couldn't agree with that more. This is the time to come together and recognize the, the effects it's having on people um, in all of those different realms, not just in the health, but in the economic realm, the spiritual realm, all of those things. I really appreciate that comment. We are going to run out of time in the show here. I do want to comment on two things. It is Memorial Day, and I want to remember those 100,000 people, all who have names, all who are somebody's brother, sister, husband, wife, child, mother, father, those who have not survived COVID-19. There are 100,000 in our country. And secondly, I want to remember those who made our free country possible this weekend by remembering those who have served our country and who have lost their lives in service of the United States on this Memorial Day. Our hats off go to you as well. I want to make sure that we get that out there and that we remember that the reason we can all have a free weekend here is that somebody helped make that. So, um, Denny, I think we are going to be running out of time. So with that, I want to tell uh, Dr. Klein, Senator Matt Klein from District 52, the good people of your district, I think, made a wise choice. Thank you for your service to Minnesota, and thanks for being my colleague at Hennepin. Great to see you. Thanks for the honor of being on your show. It really is a thrill for me, and I'll come back anytime. So thanks for the good work you guys are doing. And David, Absolutely. Dr. Klein, before we leave today, how about quickly in the 20 seconds or so, give us that phone number uh, for those that maybe need a primary care doc. Absolutely, Denny. Our number at Hennepin Healthcare is 612-873-MYMD. You can always go to hennepinhealthcare.org, all one word, hennepinhealthcare.org, or 612-873-6963. Very good. Let's uh, hope we get together again next week. Thanks very much, Dr. Hilden and Dr. Klein. Stay tuned on CCO Next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.